Welcome to Agent of Wealth Podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps small business owners and retirees overcome the multiple wealth planning challenges involved in your financial life. We do this by creating comprehensive wealth management plans to guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and help create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth planning issues involved in your financial life. Hello and welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis of Boudis Financial. Today, we're going to be talking about retirement risks. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing good. Doing real well. It is a beautiful day where I'm at, and I'm, I'm in the middle of the country, and it's it's wonderful. Where are, you, where are you at right now? We're in New Jersey, and we're awaiting, actually, hurricane to hit the East Coast oh, over here. Oh, yes. Should That's, be a little south of where we are, but we should get some rain. It's Florence, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. Yep. Oh, boy. Okay. A little bit of rain would be okay, but hopefully you're not getting any winds and things way up there. I got a buddy in, in South Carolina, and... and well, he's probably not there anymore. He's, I'm pretty sure he's gone by now with his yeah. family. So being safe. All right. Retirement risks. So what are we talking about today? Yeah. So today we're going to cover six risks or threats to your retirement. And, you know, when, when you make that decision to retire, it, it should be a happy time. Mm-hmm. You get to travel more, spend more time with your grandkids, and you don't have to go through the daily grind of having a job. But it's extremely scary to retire nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember years ago, but when workers used to retire, they would automatically start collecting a pension and their Social Security. And there was almost no change to their income. Or even in some cases, you would see their actual income would even go up a little bit. Oh, oh that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, but nowadays, most pensions have gone the way of the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. And you're really on your own to figure out how to make your money last. And it's, you know, you can almost look at it like flipping a switch. You go from a steady paycheck to living off of the assets that you've saved. Yeah, that's scary. That it's definitely be scary. very scary. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to cover those six threats, uh, which are inflation, taxes, market volatility, uh, healthcare expenses, potential cuts to Social Security, and longevity. Okay, so you've identified six six categories that we're going to be covering. And we know that there's a lot of different things that are out there, but these six are really important to you and, and you've really kind of honed in on some of these. So the first one, if I, if I remember right, you said inflation? That's correct, yeah. And, and really the, the concept of inflation is pretty simple. The cost of almost everything rises over time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look back at what you used to pay for things like gas, groceries, clothing, even your property taxes on your house, and you compare them to what you pay now, Things have increased a lot. Uh, do you remember? You have any idea what you paid thirty years ago for a gallon of gas? <laughs> you know, I think the first first time I went to the gas station, it was probably probably around seventy five, eighty cents for a gallon. Mm. Yep. Nowadays, it's, it's triple or maybe even four times that oh, amount. Yeah, I, I can't gas imagine is on the now. extreme, but a lot of products and services are like that. Yeah, and I remember my first car was a uh, Ford Thunderbird with had a four sixty four barrel, so it drank gas. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I got six miles to the gallon, so I couldn't imagine driving that today. That would be very expensive. <laughs> but um, but yeah, and you know, it, if you purchased your house years ago too, mm-hmm. you probably couldn't purchase a car for that amount now. So oh, yeah. you really have to, to think about okay, inflation will re- eat a lot of my savings up. Uh, and even though inflation's been pretty low recently, if you, if it averages three percent a year, which it's been pretty close to, in, in ten years you'll you'll have to withdraw over thirty percent more from your savings, mm-hmm. and in twenty years, basically everything you spend on will be will cost you twice as much. Yeah. Wow. So 
you have to look at, okay, well, how do we account for this? And the first thing is you you have to look at inflation. You have to account for it in the amount that you'll have to spend year by year. So when you do your projections in retirement, you know, if, you, if you're looking at, okay, I need to withdraw just as an example, $100,000. Next year, you should account that it would be at least 103,000, uh, and maybe more or less. But you have to adjust these things each year. Wow! Yeah, that's. I mean, that, and and we think maybe in retirement, you know, the the kids are gone by that time. You know, we've probably got most of our house paid down. We may have less things to pay for, is kind of our idea. But that's not necessarily true, and especially when we think about inflation, that. I didn't even think about that part of it. Yeah, so I think yes, the, it, re, expenses in retirement are definitely different. Some things you'll have you'll you won't have to pay for, but there'll be added expenses. Mm-hmm. One of the ones we'll talk about is is healthcare, but also of the expenses that you pay, you'll you'll definitely see an increase in in the amount that they cost. Wow. Now, one saving grace is that when inflation rises, usually interest rates rise as well. So what that means is if, if we see an increase in inflation, you'll also in, see an increase in the amount of interest that is earned, whether it's from your bank account, mm-hmm. bonds, or dividends that you receive. So it is it, – it, inflation is definitely harmful, but – also, you know, we were in that low interest rate environment now where we, we may see an increase uh, going forward with it. Okay. Well, that, that would be, that would be great if that, if that happened as well. Is, is there anything else with inflation or do we move on to number two? No, we're going to move on to number two, which is one of my favorite taxes. Oh, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, contrary to popular thinking, taxes do not go away once you retire. Uncle yeah, Sam is like that, that friend you can never get, get rid of. <laughs> Great. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of us save money in 401ks, IRAs, or different retirement plans. And we get, we get that deduction on our taxes the year that we put money into them. Mm -hmm. However, you know, once we retire and once we start pulling money out, taking distributions from those types of accounts, that money is, is taxable. So it's, again, it's something that, that has to be, be accounted for. But as an example, if you take out $50,000 from an IRA or from a 401k and you're in a 20% tax bracket, 20% of that or $10,000 will go to Uncle Sam or the IRS and you only get to keep 40000 Wow. Okay. So it's not just your retirement accounts that you have to pay tax on. Even if you have an investment account, you may still have to pay capital gains taxes mm-hmm. if you have to sell any of the investments when you take money out of it. So you really have to look at kind of all, what type of accounts you have and where all of your, your money is. And the real kicker and, and one that a lot of people didn't think is that Social Security benefits are also taxable, unfortunately. Gee, even at Christmas, yeah. That's... Yeah. So up to 80%, 85% of your Social, Social Security benefit can be taxable. And that's not that you have to pay 85% tax on it, but depending upon – and the way Social Security works is they, they really tally up all of your income from all of your sources. And depending upon what bracket you fall in, they may look at your Social Security benefit and, and tax – you put a tax on 85% of that that amount. So, mm. you know, like like inflation, it's you have to plan for taxes too. And you know, you look at maybe you have a a six figure, a seven figure IRA or 401k. You really have to to realize that 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 whole balance is not going to be available to use, and and some of it's going to go to the IRS to pay to pay taxes. You know, you re- like I said, you really have to look at the your type of accounts you have. Some of them will be taxable, tax deferred, or tax free, and you know everyone's situation is different. But you usually want to let the funds stay in the tax free or the tax deferred accounts as long as possible, and first withdraw from from the taxable accounts or the account uh, the accounts that you're going to pay minimal amount of tax on. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, well, why is that the best strategy? Well, because you're you're really deferring paying taxes, which means those accounts are are 
because of compounding, the the money's growing quicker mm-hmm. or more rapidly than if you had to pay tax every year. Yeah, that makes sense. It. Yep. So, and even kind of to segue into it, one thing that some people do, and, and it definitely makes sense to look at, is whether does it make sense to convert any of your 401k or your IRAs that you had with pre-tax money into a Roth IRA? So the way the Roth works is that you pay tax when you convert it, but you never have to pay tax on it again when the money when the money comes out. And why it's really a good time to look at that now is because if you look at, you know, and everyone complains about taxes that we have to pay, but the tax brackets are actually at historic lows. So, mm. you, you know, you, you really want to look at, okay, you know, now with the tax changes that went into effect, um, can I or should I convert some or all of my, my uh, IRAs into, into a Roth IRA? So it's definitely one thing to, to look at. And that's going to be um, individualized, right? I mean, that's something that they should have a conversation with you or, or a professional that they're working with to know whether or not that's the best strategy for them. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely not for everyone. And it depends on whether you're working, whether you're not working, what your you know retirement scenario looks like. But but yes, it's definitely a conversation that, that should be, you know, you should have with myself or, or a, a CPA or accountant. So let's say you started later in life with kids. If you still have children that live with you, would that affect that? Probably, probably not. It, it it's really. I think what the the biggest impact or that that would have if you converted to a Roth is you want to make sure it, it's going to add income and you're going to have to pay taxes the year that you make that conversion. Uh, and gotcha. you you really want to look at can I afford that extra paying those extra taxes or mm-hmm. you know even look at will that bump me up into a higher tax bracket and that's definitely something you want to Got avoid it. and uh, you know my, my recommendation is you actually want to look at the reverse is, is there anything that can be done that can get you you know bring you into a lower tax bracket which you know is it might be a charitable contribution or maybe you could take a deduction that you you're eligible for but you haven't taken previously and mm. you know like I said with the tax changes that went into effect in in December for for 2018, you know, tax planning is, is even more important to do. Got it. All right. What's next? All right. So now another favorite is, is healthcare expenses. Oh boy. And this is another one where a lot of the popular opinion or the popular assumption is that once you turn 65, Medicare covers everything and you're good to go and don't have to worry about healthcare. And unfortunately, yeah. the uh, it's it's the opposite. Not is, even is close. <laughs> really, yeah. It's Fidelity actually did a recent study and concluded that the average couple will spend about two hundred and thirty thousand on out-of-pocket healthcare Holy expenses cow. in retirement. So wow, that's, that's uh, yeah, it's a serious amount amount of money. That's yeah, that's staggering. I don't yeah. yeah. And you know they they that two hundred and thirty thousand goes into things like deductibles, copays, supplemental insurance coverage, which includes things like drug prescriptions, dental, vision, hearing, and also long term care, which is another one that a lot of people think Medicare covers. It actually doesn't. Yeah, that's you know that's from my own personal experience. My my father was Air Force for twenty years and has a great you know all sorts of medical benefits and and so on and so forth. But the one thing that is not covered is dental. And that has been a huge expense for my mother and father for the past five to 10 years. And it's, I mean, that's something that I I didn't, I couldn't believe how much they had to spend on that. Yeah. And you you also have to think about the older that you get, the more you're going to need these these services. So, and and the more you need them, the more costly things, things become. So it, it's and it's it's really challenging because it it's like hitting a moving target. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know what you're going to need, what type of healthcare service you're going to need, when you're going to need it, and the uh, the actual cost of healthcare is rising way faster than than inflation. So it's difficult to predict, but you uh, you really have to set aside funds to to cover it. Yeah. And you know that's one of the ways to combat it. Also, 
you know, not a financial way, but, you know, try and live an active lifestyle, be as healthy as possible. You know, sometimes that's, that's, there's things that are not controllable, but, you know, it's, it's one way or to, to approach it. Now, I know that you said Medicare is not going to pay for everything, but how do you know what Medicaid will pay for and how do, how do you, I, I don't know about Medicare at all. I mean, obviously I'm not mm-hmm. of that age yet, but I don't know what you've, is even included. So how do you, how do you work that into it? Yeah, I think they're there. You really have to look and it's kind of actually a good good time to talk about this because open enrollment for Medicare is is coming next month in October. Mm. And, you know, whether you're 65 or, or younger than 65, it really makes sense to to start. If you're over 65, you want to look at your current Medicare situation, what your plan looks like, your insurance carrier, what they cover, what they don't cover. And is there really an op more optimal way to 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 obtain coverage for it. You know, if you're younger than 65, if you're approaching 65, you really want to look at your current medical situation and look at the different types of plans that are out there, what Medicare covers, what it doesn't cover, what you'll need to get supplemental insurance for, and really kind of put in, it really comes down to just putting a healthcare budget together. You know, there's things that will be covered by Medicare premiums, and then there's everything else that you need to account for. One other thing that can be done is you can you can also look into getting long-term care insurance. So this really covers, you know, it's, it's a separate insurance policy. It covers, you know, a, a, any long-term care event you have. The negative is that the older you get, the more cost prohibitive it is, but it uh, it's at least something that, that you should explore with it. So if somebody's looking or is thinking about Medicare and they're, they're coming to that stage of their life, is it something that they can contact you about just information wise? Do you have some connections that they, you know, they can use? Yeah, I definitely recommend, you know, the discussing Medicare with me. You know, it's, it's a, it's a service that we provide oh, okay. and not, not many advisors provide it, but it's really, you know, looking at your, your current situation and figuring out the optimal coverage that, uh, that you should get. So it's, I, it's definitely something I would recommend. Okay. All right. Great. Okay. So now we're going to move on to the, to the next risk, which is market volatility. All right. And, you know, it, you have to realize that there's risk in almost any type of investment that you have, whether it's stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate, gold, and even keeping your money in cash, mm-hmm. which the, you know, the, the risk in that is, is the inflation that we talked about earlier and that you're basically your cash is losing money each year because the, yeah. it can purchase less over, over time. And then, you know, even there are these investments out there that are guaranteed, which are, you know, not to lose money or to receive a certain return. And you have to really think about if you, those are fine, but you are paying for that guarantee, either in a fee or expense or in a reduced uh, rate of return that you, that you receive. Got it. So I'm the first to admit that it's no fun seeing your the value of your account decrease when <laughs> yeah. you look at a statement. But what I do see a lot or what hear a lot uh, is clients that want to make an emotional decision when they do see the the markets go down. And and this one I do see a lot where I'll you know the markets will go down and I'll get a call that says, should we move to cash or should we pull everything out? And a lot of times or most of the time, it's probably not the right decision mm-hmm. that 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 you should make. The first one is is that when you look at your retirement, you're you're gonna need this money to last 20 to 30 years. So if the markets go down for a week, a month, a year, even a couple years, even if it's as bad as it was in 2008, 2009, markets recover. And, you know, you can't, it, you, you have to 
think about, okay, this money will last a long time. And uh, if I pull it out and sit it in cash, how does that impact that? And, you know, I usually recommend instead of selling when things go down, and, and again, this is, is everyone's situation is different, but you want to look at whether it might even make sense to to buy it, buy something when the when the price of it goes down. And that's the, the Warren Buffett strategy. He, mm-hmm. he, when everyone's fearful, he goes out and he buys things and he gets things on sale and he, he purchase them for a long for a longer term you know when i get those calls from clients i always say it's impossible to time the market yeah you know i'll come across people that have that took money out in 2008 and uh, of the market and still have it on the sidelines waiting for the right time to go back in and the market's uh, basically doubled since that since that time even with that that um that big reduction in 2008 and 2009 well i think that's one of the the, the greatest benefits of having an advisor that you can talk to about this is because it, when it's your money your emotions are involved in it and there's there's a panic button that you can easily push just because you just don't know you know what's going to happen and and by pushing that button you could really be detrimental to your you know your overall retirement and being able to have that steady hand just to say hey what do we need to be doing when somebody's not emotionally involved with that that cash or that 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 money that's in the market is is so important. Yeah, being being disciplined is definitely a key. I also recommend understanding the risk that you currently have with your portfolio and make sure it aligns with the amount of risk you're comfortable with and the amount of risk you should be taking to to achieve a successful retirement. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, all of us no no one wants to take any risk with their investments and but if you do that, what impact will it have on how fast your money money runs out? So you really have to to really take that into account. And then, and then on the flip side, I'll come across retirees who don't realize the high amount of risk they're currently taking and based on their situation, they don't need to take that much risk. Got it. So you really have to look at the optimal risk level and make sure that it it makes sense for you. Mm. Got it. Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. Okay, so the next the next uh, uh, risk or threat we'll talk about is potential cuts to Social Security. Mm. And this is another one I get a lot of questions about because you know we get hit with the with with this topic a lot in the media, where they'll say, oh, you know, Social Security is running out, it's going to go bankrupt, mm-hmm. and you know there's some truth to it, but also you know the we have to look at the reality of the situation. And for the average person, Social Security will cover 30% of your expenses in retirement, so it, it doesn't cover everything, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a decent chunk of it. And Social Security has a lot of great features. Uh, you know, one of them is that you can't outlive it. So if you live to 150, it'll pay you to 150. And then the other main or big one that I like to to uh, to talk about is that the benefit also rises with inflation. So, you know, that it's almost like a built-in you know way to cover that threat we talked about earlier of inflation, where if inflation increases, the your monthly Social Security benefit will increase as well. Mm, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Now the scary part is there's a study done every year Social Security, and right now the uh, the study that came out this year it they they claim that the the amount of income that Social Security collects from uh, workers' paycheck through the FICA tax, it's not enough to cover the benefits that they're currently paying out to retirees. Yeah, that's not so good. So that's definitely not good. <laughs> so what happens is that now they have to dip into the Social Security trust fund. And you know, once you start dipping into that, yeah, there's really only so much that, that is in there. Mm-hmm. And you know, once it runs out, that trust fund runs out. Either there have to be changes that need to be made or – it won't be able to. The Social Security won't be able to pay out the uh, the, the full amount of benefits that it's it's uh, obligated to. Mm. So there are a couple of options that are being looked at. One of them is increasing the amount of wages that are taxable. Right now, 
your 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 wages are taxed up to a certain amount for Social Security. If you earn over that, the wages over that are not are not taxed. So this one is uh, is is probably one that's it's definitely being discussed and one that might be might be implemented. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, there's also talk about reducing benefits for for future retirees. Mm. It doesn't, but the problem is it doesn't seem to be much appetite from anyone in Washington to move forward with implementing anything. So it's really going to come down to when they decide to, to to make those changes and what the state of Social Security is when they when they do. Yeah, I can't imagine any politician is excited to go back to their uh, <laughs> yeah. to their supporters and say, "Hey, I'd like to that. tax yeah. you more and uh, maybe re- reduce some benefits." Yeah, exactly. Not a fun topic to to cover, but and I guess really ultimately it boils down to it. It really depends on how close you are to retirement. If you're already retired or about to retire, probably the, the any changes, any potential changes that they make are not going to impact you. But if you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or maybe even 50s, there's definitely a chance that Social Security changes will will have an impact. And you know, again, it, it's going to come down to um, when you come up with your plan and, and you look at that, uh, how much do you account for Social Security in the future? But it's um, you know, I think future or uh, current retirees less of an impact for them. Yeah, it's it's definitely a topic that we're going to need to to keep a close eye on. So what's yeah. what's the next risk? Okay, so the next risk is is longevity. And with advances in medicine, our, our life expectancies are increasing, uh, which means also that the number of years in retirement that need to be financed is increasing as well. Hmm. Now, there are there's some uh, some types of, of assets that, that will pay until the rest of your life, but then there are also some that will run out. So you really have to take your uh, life expectancy and how long – you know, you're, you're, and obviously no one can predict how long they're going to live, but you really have to take, you know, you have to plan for longer periods of, of retirement. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the life expectancy right now in the U.S. is about 78 years old. So I had, you know, I've had clients come in and I'd say, okay, I want to plan my retirement to last until I'm 80. And I, uh, I say that's probably not a good idea because once you actually turn 65, your life expectancy is actually another 18 years to, to 83. Mm. And one out of every four 65-year-olds live past 90. So retirement is, is you know, becoming 25, 30, 35 years yeah. that, that your money needs to, to last. Yeah, and that's – I mean there's so many things that can happen during that or will happen during that 30, 35 years. I mean there's unexpected expenses that come up and, and – or things that we don't even think about. Like I, just because my own personal experience, I know that within the next 35 years, I'm going to need another roof on my house. So if they're still in their house – I mean that's a you know fifteen to twenty thousand dollar expense that maybe isn't calculated or or isn't planned for. Yeah, and I think it really goes to the point that that retirement planning is not something you do once at sixty five and mm-hmm. then forget about it for the next thirty years. It's a, a year by year or or twice a year activity where you really have to look at what's going on, what's changing, and how do you react or how do you adapt to those to those changes. Got it. So they're they're really. You know, to to combat this longevity risk, there are really two approaches to utilizing your assets in retirement. The first one is capital preservation, and the second is capital depletion. So preservation is really when your assets are large enough that they generate significant income by themselves that you never have to touch the principal. Mm -hmm. And depletion is each year you use the income that your assets generate. But that income is not enough to cover all of your your expenses. So you also have to take out or pull out some of the principal 
every year too. And really what's significant about that is depletion starts to snowball pretty quickly. Mm. You know, every year since you're using some of the principal, the amount of income that that those assets generate lessens, uh, lessens as well. Yep. Um, so it's always preferable to use preservation. And really by using preservation, you're you're kind of building your own pension. You know, we went going back to the pensions going the way of the dinosaur, it, it is possible to to replicate that. And you know, by by building your own pension, you can really take the longevity question out of it because you know even if you live to 150 or or to any age, you're never touching the principal and you're always generating enough income each year to cover your expenses. So it's definitely a preferable approach. Yeah, definitely. We we covered six risks here, mm-hmm. and the common theme is that all of these risks need to be accounted for, need to be part of your retirement income plan. We I left out the one of the biggest risks and. That's really that you didn't save enough during your working years. Mm-hmm. But if you're in that that boat, it doesn't mean you're going to have to eat ramen noodles or become a Walmart greeter during retirement. It's just even more of a reason to to really go into a detailed, um, you know, look at your expenses and and your assets and how to utilize them them the best the best way possible. So, and how I recommend doing retirement planning is you take a you know we talked about that year by year account of what you think your expenses will be and find the most efficient way to utilize all of your assets to to pay for them. So, when somebody's thinking about retirement, what do we what age should they start really looking at? Okay, this is what my plan needs to be for if if I'm going to retire at 65, this is kind of where I need to be at that point. So I'm going to say the 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 earliest possible, right? So, you know, you should be thinking about it in your when you start your first job out of college. Mm. But, you know, that that obviously is is your your saving and you're not thinking about retirement, but you sh- as, as far as income planning for retirement, but mm-hmm. that's when you definitely should start thinking about the the savings aspect of it. But really you know, you, you want to look at this stuff in, in your in your 40s and mm-hmm. you really want to take an account of am I am I saving enough? What you know, you can even though retirement may be 20 years or 25 years away, you, you can get a feel for what retirement is going to cost. And are you saving enough for it? You know, obviously, any you get closer to, to 60 or 65, it's you definitely want to uh, to, to really take a detailed look. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to say always it's the earlier is the better, because if you are off course, if you're not saving enough, if you're not doing this or not doing that, you know, you have the time to to adjust or the time to to really make the changes that can get you back on track for it. All right. And people want to reach out to you. How do they get get a hold of you, Mark? Yeah. So the easiest way is you can go to my website, bowdisfinancial.com. And from there, all my contact info is available. And as well, there's a, a link where you can schedule a free consultation with me. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate your time. And thank you, audience, for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Mark comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your family and friends, which I highly encourage. Thank you again for listening today. For everyone at Boutus Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutus Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment and financial planning. 